Hi, I'm Rachel Gordon, and I'm a curious, make that inspirited or catechistic, inquiring woman in communications at San Francisco Public Works. So I'm the communications director at San Francisco Public Works, and we do all communications having to do with the department, whether it is internal communications with staff or external communications with other city departments, neighborhood groups, media. Uh, we really try to be the voice of the department. Before I was at Public Works, I was a newspaper reporter for about 28 years, covering San Francisco city government mainly and politics. I was ready for a change. The newspaper world was really changing a lot. Um, there was a lot more pressure to get stories out quickly, oftentimes without a lot of context. And it just became a mill for the kind of work I was doing. I wanted to do something a little different, really test myself. And over the years, I considered jobs in government because I covered it or politics. And it wasn't until there was an opportunity to apply for a job at San Francisco Public Works that I went, bingo, this is a department I could work for. I grew up in San Francisco and I really love this city. And this was an opportunity to be in a department that really had boots on the ground that was in every neighborhood all the time that really affects what we experience being in the city. So we're really here serving the people of San Francisco. And I was excited about it. When I was a kid, I think uh, sixth grade, I had a teacher who was also a cab driver in San Francisco. And everything we did was about San Francisco. So our math classes were about the city budget. Our geography was the geography of the city of San Francisco. We had to memorize all the streets going from the Embarcadero out to the Pacific Ocean. Uh, so I did really well on the east-west streets. I didn't do as well on the north-south streets. So I really got to know the city just growing up here. My mom loved exploring the neighborhoods through food. When I was a teenager, for some reason, I had a huge... I think four by six foot map of San Francisco on my wall that I looked at it uh, and it did say DPW. We don't say that anymore, but Department of Public Works. So I didn't know that was going to happen, uh, but it did. I was also a member of the Adopt-A-Street program. So I had my broom and dustpan that was given uh, and I still sweep in front of my house at least twice a day. So it made sense to come to this department uh, I was also looking as I was uh, had a new family that I was looking for something with a little more stability. And so working for city government was an opportunity for that as well. It really wasn't much different, though, to be a newspaper reporter and to be in my job now. A lot of the things are similar. So you have to be curious, interested, uh, willing to talk to people, really willing to have changes every day. Like one thing I love about this job is that I loved about being a city hall reporter as well is you never knew what the day was going to bring. It could always be something different. Although I had my kind of foundation about government or politics as a reporter or here, it's about the public works services and projects and programs, but it could just be, you know, one day you can be talking about street trees coming down in a storm. The next day you could be talking about a new fire station opening 
Another day you can be talking about uh, government ethics and corruption cases and what you're doing about that. Another day it could be about uh, how people can get involved in helping to take care of the city. Another day it could be about, you know, the environmental programs we're doing to help combat climate change. Very similar to being a city hall reporter. So again, it's like the curiosity, ability to talk to people, ability to take sometimes complicated information and make it understandable for everyday folks. And I think what I've always wanted to do, both in reporting as well as in this job, like we do so much at Public Works. It's hard for people to understand all that we do or what's available to them or how programs work and how can you get an understanding. I think one of the hardest things for me is when we give people information and they just don't want to hear it. So um, we've had a recent example, like with the sand buildup on the Great Highway, right? Why aren't you doing more? How come the city's not out there every single day cleaning up the sand? We can't drive down the Great Highway. I understand the frustrations. I'm a driver as well in San Francisco. You want to be able to have roads open and available to you or for transit or for bicyclists or whatever. And we can tell them, well, we don't have the resources to be able to do it or the wind's blowing too much and it doesn't make sense to clear the sand from the Great Highway. People don't like that information. They want to hear you say, well, yes, we'll get on it right away. We'll take care of it. We're sorry you have this problem. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. And we can't always say that. And that's hard to give people that message. And so I think that's been one of my biggest challenges. How do you not please people giving them information? But I think what we've been really very adamant about for public works information is we want to give people information that's hopefully timely but also that's accurate, even if it's not news they want to hear. And I think that's the same thing I did as a newspaper reporter. It wasn't about fake news, but it's not always news, again, that people want to hear information that people want. A big job of mine at San Francisco Public Works is to communicate about what we do. I'm not out there on the street sweeping the sidewalks, pruning the trees, filling potholes, designing buildings, you know, taking care of the public right of way, doing street inspections. But I am talking to people about what they do, why they do it and how they do it, and then communicating that information to others. That's a big part of the job. We want people to know what it is San Francisco does every day for the people of San Francisco. And we have to figure out how to best do that. There's an information overload in San Francisco. Really everywhere there's an information overload. People have so many things coming at them all the time, whether it's emails or TV shows or podcasts or blogs or radio all over. And we have to figure out how do we break through all that noise and get our message out there. So for our team at Communications at Public Works, we really try to find creative ways to talk to people to get the message out. That could be through podcasts, through videos, through virtual and augmented reality. We've been trying that through design. There are a lot of different ways that we want to capture people's attention and imagination so they have a better sense of what we do and why we're doing it. I have a a mentor from journalism school at San Francisco State, Betty Metzger, who was a Washington Post reporter, and then she was a journalism professor and then chair of the department. I learned a tremendous amount from her. And I took almost all of my journalism courses from her. And she just really taught me to keep questioning people, to not 
be satisfied always with what people said um, and ask the basic questions. There weren't many female journalism professors. And I think that's one reason I gravitated towards her. There was, you know, I think San Francisco State has one of the best journalism programs, certainly on the West Coast. And she was the first female department chair at San Francisco State. And that happened when I was there and there was a huge fight. And it really, at that time, it was really a big fight between the good old boys and Betty. She just made it very clear that she wasn't going to stand by for having her gender be the thing that stopped her from becoming, going into a leadership post. All kind of through my tenure at the Examiner and the Chronicle, there were always um, discussions, I guess it would be, or battles, you could also say, with uh, women trying to get pay equity for reporters. So I had been a you know senior city the senior city hall reporter at the San Francisco Chronicle, um, which is pretty pretty good gig to have. So was, at the time I was fairly high profile in the city in the small little world of San Francisco and San Francisco politics. But there was a straight white guy who came in with a lot less experience than me. Who I asked like how much are you making? I don't mind asking that, and it was like fifteen thousand dollars more a year than me to come in the door. And so I went and talked to my editors and they went, well, how do you know? How do you know that? And it's like, I asked how much he's making. And someone had also at one point slipped me the pay of everyone at the paper. So I had that as well. Um, but I got the parody right there. I didn't get more and I should have with my experience. He's a good reporter. He's a good editor, but it just wasn't fair. And in a way, I think that was a good old boy as well, because he knew the editor and had socialized with him and things. Um, but I think it's been a long, it's been a long fight in newspapers. Government, you can't do that as much. You can go what positions do females have and males have, but there's the civil service rules and, and the, you know, we get paid what we get paid here. Um, when I was there, there were not women in high editor positions at the newspapers. That started to change a lot as time went on. I was a city hall reporter and I was kind of out of, my office was in city hall. Uh, I was actually one floor below from where I started at Public Works. So I knew that building really well, uh, just one floor up. But I was out of the newsroom politics because I just wasn't in the building. I only went back to the mothership of the newspaper to pick up new notepads and, and pens. And that was about it. Otherwise I was always in city hall. Uh, but that was that was very clear that there was always that struggle. There was a strong presence of female reporters in the City Hall newsroom when I was there. Barbara Taylor was one of my mentors. She was a KCBS reporter who had been there since the 1970s. The first day I walked in as a new reporter to San Francisco City Hall, I went right to Barbara and asked her how this works. <laughs> and and uh, she remained my journalism mentor and then one of my best friends till she passed. When I left the Chronicle, which was mainly at the time white male editors, straight white male editors, and then came to Public Works, I remember my first meeting with the leadership team sitting down at a Friday meeting. And I was like, I think I went home. I might even call home and went like, I can't believe this. There were a few women at the table, still mainly men, but a few women at the table, but just the racial diversity was incredible to me. And I felt like I'm part of San Francisco now, like this, 
this organization reflects the city in terms of race, background from, you know, first generation San Franciscans to immigrants to folks who've been here for a while. Um, it really made me feel at home and comfortable right away. It was very eye-opening to me. My leadership style, I really, I don't know what it is. I just, I want people to want to come to work. I want them to be able to do things they want to do, but within the things that are needed. I try to give people a really long leash. I try to be able to talk to people. I love being a hands-on manager. Like I love still writing and editing and talking to people and taking photos. Like I love, I don't want to give that up. I try to be open with the staff, but then in the leadership roles, sometimes we have to keep things close to the vest till they're ready to roll out. It really is trying to have trust in the staff and looking at them as colleagues. Like that's the big thing. And I will never ask my staff to do something that I don't do unless it has something to do with tech. And then I can't do it. Naturally, I'm really shy, which is a weird thing to say. And I remember I was in a school play when I was in fourth grade. And I, because I mumbled before that. And I had to go to speech classes because I mumbled. And then I did plays. And I did plays all through school. And it was easier for me to talk because I was speaking with someone else's words, whatever the play was. It wasn't myself. And then when I was a newspaper reporter, I had a notebook. I could kind of, I, I was fearless with a notebook. I would go into dangerous neighborhoods late at night to talk to them about dangerous neighborhoods late at night. And I had my notebook. I was like, they're not going to hurt me with this notebook. And I it was, it was fine. I just learned to talk to people to kind of get over that. And I, I, I have a, a 17 year old daughter and I taught her, she's shy as well, but I've taught her like to think about this, that a lot of times when you're in a situation, you're never going to see the people again. So don't worry about what you say or what you ask, um, you know, be respectful to people, kind of the do no harm, but really, and, and I ask myself this a lot for whether I'm at work or I'm in trying to get a refund on a bad product or something. It's like, what do you have to lose? And I think that might be something with women. I think men are much more um, assured of themselves of what they ask for and more demanding, but like, what do you have to lose? And I learned a lot when you talk about who my mentors are, female mentors, it was certainly my mom more than anyone. And um, she had fun in life. She taught us the neighborhoods through food. So we went to La Palma in the Mission District and we got our Piroshki in the Richmond District and we got our dim sum in Chinatown and we went to Japantown and got the seaweed to do our own rice and, you know, to Greek. So we just explored the neighborhood through her eyes and she always would go up and talk to people and just find out what they were doing and not in a really super annoying way, and she just had this charm about her, too, to get people to open up and to do things for her. She liked to deal always. And she she go to a Christmas tree place and they're like, every tree on this lot is twenty five dollars as is or whatever it's going to be. And then she go and, you know, take it away. You take your tree and stuff. And she go and she'd see some bare spots on a Christmas tree and she go like, you know, do you think you could um, 
just drill in some branches. These are live trees. Like, could you drill in some branches here? It's like, lady. And she's like, no, I think it would look much better balanced for that. And then it's going to be kind of hard for me to get it home on top of my car. Do you think you could deliver it, lady? And then they would deliver it to her house. And then she'd give them food and coffee and sit down there. And then they'd be there the next year with the same thing. And then they bring their wives and stuff. And it was really just a lovely way to see people go through the world. I'm not as good at that as she is, but I certainly learned a lot that uh, people have great stories. Everyone has their own story and it's sometimes worth taking the time to find out what it is. Thanks for listening to Snapshots, a public works podcast. 